Hello, this is Stacy Gibson, and welcome to my podcast. Tonight, uh, as promised on the promo, we'll be looking at keeping the Holy Spirit in your pocket. Keeping the Holy Spirit of God in your pocket. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, we love. I love you, and I thank you tonight for all that you do, Father, dear Lord. And I just pray right now, special prayer, dear God. I have an unspoken uh, special request, Father, dear Lord, for a family member. Uh, dear God, I, I'm, I'm praying for a miracle tonight that you would intervene, Father. I'm trusting in that tonight, that you would do that, Father. And I'm also praying now that the Holy Spirit would just lead God direct and be the speaker tonight, Father, dear Lord. And I just love you and thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keeping the Holy Spirit of God in your pocket. Uh, in my promo, I had a little Jesus in my pocket and I... Uh, Thought it was kind of cute and uh, trying to, you know, make it sound like he was being muffled because we didn't have him out where he could speak and that where, he could, where you could hear him or where you could see him. And that's where I'm going to go from tonight. But my scripture text will be Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. Galatians 6, 8 says, For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We need to be sowing to the Spirit and not sowing to the flesh. Now in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost has arrived. Jesus promised that the Comforter would come. Acts 1.5 says that for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And that is just what happened. The Holy Spirit came and, and Peter preached and many different people all heard with all with different dialects heard their the message in their own language, in their own tongue. And around about three thousand souls were saved. What an awesome day for the kingdom of God. Acts two, fourteen through forty one is where that's come from. Uh, many of us that get saved today are, are failing in one very important area. We do not listen to God. As I said in the promo there, you know, if we have God in our pocket, because once you're saved, you're going to have God with you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always going to be with you. There's nowhere you can escape. The Bible teaches that. That you can't hide anywhere. You can, if you make your bed in hell, he is there. If you make your bed at the, in the sea, or if you're wherever you're at in this world, God is with you. However, we can keep him in our pocket, and we can keep him muffled. We can keep him in our pocket where he can't be heard, and we can keep him in our pocket where he can't be seen either. And that's what we're doing. Uh, many of us will get on our knees and we'll pray to God. But we never stop and take time to listen. I'm going to give you some fundamental recipe for success here tonight. When you get on your knees and pray to God, always take your Bible with you. Get on your knees, get alone in a closet somewhere, a bedroom somewhere, block out everything else around you. Get on your knees, pray to God, and then before you get up, stop, pause, ask God to speak to your heart. Ask Him to show Him your will. And then stop and listen. Oftentimes I, ha I find myself 
distracted by things. I'm trying to hear the voice of God and other things are coming into my mind. So a lot of times what's good and I find what works real well is if you'll go ahead and get your Bible out, turn to any passage in Psalms and say, God, I'm going to be listening, but I'm going to read. And once you start reading in the Psalms, you'll find that God will start directing you. God will start speaking to you. And then all of a sudden you start hearing his voice. Dr. Charles Stanley has a good book out that's called uh, How to Listen to God. I read it years ago, and it really helped me. I recommend that. Yeah. But we are failing in one very important area. We do not listen to God. Sure, we're saved. We're bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Then we stick Him in our pocket and never pull Him out. The only time we pull Him out is when we need Him. In time of trouble, sorrow, bad health, financial trouble, in any kind of tragedy that you may have, anything that you might be going through. We'll pull him out then because we want answers. And we often, uh, and often God delivers. And, and what do we do? We just simply put him right back in our pocket until tragedy comes again. Not realizing it is God that brings the tragedy because he is trying to get our attention. Now, that's not always the case, but a lot of times it is. God will do whatever he has to do to get your attention. Uh, I often like to say it this way, that God will politely tap you on the shoulder several times. God will then begin to shake you just a little bit. And then if God has to, if you continue to uh, fail to obey and fail to listen to him, he will put you in a hospital bed or he will put you sick laying flat on your back where you can't do nothing but look up. He is trying to get your attention because God wants you to be successful tonight. God wants the best life for you. God is on your side. Psalms 107, 1 through 43. The whole chapter is about God delivering the children of Israel out of their troubles again and again and again, over and over again. Four times it is stated, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Every time they got in trouble, they called on God and he delivered them. Their wanderings in the desert, they were hungry and thirsty, in affliction, in darkness, in rebellion, transgressions, iniquities, storms, Their soul melted because of trouble. They reeled to and fro and staggered like a drunken man. And they are at their wits' ends. They are at their wits' end. Is this you tonight? Do you find yourself struggling from one disaster to another? Do you find yourself uh, reeling to and fro? Do you find yourself often in darkness? You know, what seems like nothing in your life can go right. I tell you from experience, uh, I had some friends of mine, they, uh, you know, the uh, I am Stacy Gibson and in the uh, win one for the Gipper kind of uh, saying, you know, but they used to call me Gipitis because I had so much trouble. Because, see, I was the one, if I did anything wrong, I was the one that was going to get caught. I was the one that was always going to be in trouble while others got away with doing the same thing. But you see, God was always whipping me. God was always chastising me. God was always trying to get me where I needed to be with Him. 
Is this you tonight? Do you cry unto the Lord only when you're in trouble? And then when He delivers you, do you put Him back on a shelf somewhere? Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So He bringeth them unto their desired haven. You know, God loves us tonight. God wants us to be walking in the center of His will. He wants us to walk together and be agreed. God wants us to have the best that this life has to offer. He doesn't want us to be down. He doesn't want us to... He doesn't take pleasure in chastising His children. No no more than a father chastises his son, takes pleasure in that. Oftentimes, uh, uh, we tell our children, I've heard it said before, it hurts me more than it hurts you. I said, wow, you didn't feel that belt then, huh? But He bringeth them unto their desired haven. God will give you the desires of your heart. But you know what it goes on to say? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. God wants us to praise Him when He delivers us out of trouble. He wants us to understand His loving kindness, His steadfastness, and His faithfulness to His children. However, God also wants us to understand there are times when we find ourselves in affliction, trouble, sorrow, and storms because we fail to listen and obey Him. The children of Israel were disobedient over and over again. The wanderings in the desert. Wandering for 40 years when the promised land was just right outside their reach. All they had to do was be obedient to God. And they could have walked right through. Oh, I'm not going to come down hard on them. Because at 52 years old now, I can honestly say there's been several years, I maybe even count up to 40 myself, that I've wandered in the desert myself in a circle when God could have done so many great things with me if I'd have just listened. There are times when God is speaking, do not go this way, trouble is ahead. And since, and since we are not listening, we go ahead anyway and find ourselves in a place we did not want to be. What do we do? The same thing they did here. They cry out to God, and because He loves us so much, He delivers us. You know, the sad thing is often when God delivers us, we often do not even thank Him or give Him the praise that is due. I started out with Galatians 6 8 for he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. What do we mean there? When we look at this, if you're gonna to sow to the flesh, that means you know what? If you're what is sowing to the flesh? Sowing to the flesh is instead of praying, I'm gonna to listen to uh, the radio. Or I'm gonna watch my favorite TV program. 
I'm not going to pray tonight. I don't want to talk to God. I, you know, I'm going to do other things. Instead of, hey, instead of getting into his book, I'm going to get into Facebook, you know, instead of getting into the Bible. I'm going to sit here in my recliner and pop, prop my feet up. I'm going to be lazy. I've, hey, I've worked all day. I deserve to relax. My Sunday school lesson tomorrow talks about that, you know what, the servant went out and he worked in the field all day long and he comes back in and, and you know, the master doesn't say, when he comes back in, the master doesn't say, hey, you know, I've got your meal here fixed for you. Since you've worked all, out, all day out in the field, why don't you sit down and take a load off and eat? No. Jesus is speaking of, of hey, you know, the servant comes in from working all day at the field. Then he also has to f- prepare a meal. Then he still doesn't get to eat. He has to serve the master first. And then after the master has eaten his food, his meal, then the servant can finally eat. When we're sowing to the flesh, we're simply saying, hey, I've I've, I've worked my eight-hour shift. I'm coming home. I'm going to do what I want to do now. But yet God wants us to continue to do His work 24-7. 24-7. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But there's good news. Listen to the rest of it. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You know, uh, and, and when you come home from work, instead of sowing to the flesh, sow to the Spirit. Feed your spirit. Get your Bible out. Pray on your way home. Listen to God. God may tell you to stop by someone's house and and pray with them. God may need you to go somewhere and do something for someone. God may need you to simply buy a gallon of milk and drop it off to someone, a, a needy family. But at the very least, you could do is come home and feed your soul. Cut the TV off. Get your Bibles out. Read God's Word. Not only read God's Word, but meditate on it. Study. But pray. And never pray without listening. What kind of relationship would I have with with anyone? My wife, my son, my daughter. If, If I did all the talking and never let them communicate back with me. But yet, that's exactly what we do with God each and every day. We're always listening. I mean, we're always talking, but we're simply not listening. You know, when you listen to God, you'll find out He'll save you sometimes out of trouble. He'll keep you from going down the wrong path. And He'll keep you, He'll he'll prepare you for maybe a trial that's coming. And then when God does deliver us, Let's thank Him. Let's praise Him. Let's give Him the praise that He is, that is due Him. Do you know someone who lives like the devil, but blesses their food before they eat? I've met someone like that. Have you? Do you know someone who is lost? You know they don't know Jesus. You know they're not saved. But when they're in trouble, they call on Jesus. Do you know someone like that? Let me explain some truth to you 
And by the way, I'm always going to speak truth. I'm always going to uh, give you scripture to back up things. And, and most everything that I can say, if you get out your Bibles and study, you'll see that, that it's true. And I'm telling you from life experience, because believe me, I've made, I've done just about everything you can do wrong. But I finally surrendered to God's will and I'm finally doing things His way. And wow, what a difference it makes. Now we must be His child first before we can expect Him to hear us and answer our prayers. The guy that lives like the devil and blesses his food, God's not hearing that. God's not hearing His prayer over His food. You can't live any way you want to live and expect God to listen to you and bless your food. Do you know someone who's lost, like I said? But when they're in trouble, they call on Jesus? I'm sorry. I'm going to give you truth. God's not listening to your prayer. You can't live any way you want to live and expect God to stop everything He's doing and listen to you. Let me tell you, the only time that God listens to someone who's lost, the only prayer He's going to answer is the prayer for salvation. When they call out to Him and say, God, I'm a sinner. Oh, dear Lord, I believe that You sent Your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. Please come in and be King and ruler of my life. Come into my heart. Set up residency and and be my King. Be my Savior. Yes, then God hears you. But see, it goes even further than that because you can even be saved. You could be, I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years, been going to church every Sunday and tithing your uh, income and, and singing in the choir. You could even be a Sunday school teacher. If you have sin in your life, God's not listening. Even if we are saved, if we are living in sin, God is not listening to us. If He is not listening, the only thing He will say to us is repent. Then we can restore our relationship with Him. Donna had a question this week, and I loved it. I posted something on Facebook as an answer. Once saved, always saved, or can we lose our salvation? I love that. There were so many different answers. But most everybody agreed that you can't lose your salvation. It's the free gift of God. He gives it freely to us. I I don't serve a God that's going to give His Son, His only begotten Son, to die that cruel death on the cross, be beaten, scourged, spit upon, plucking of the beard, crown of thorns on His head, and shed every bit of blood He had in His body for us. And say, I did that for you. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's going to do all that for us, but but I'm going to mess up one day and, and not live a little bit up to standards, and boy, my salvation's taken away. Oh, no. It's a free gift from God. And I use the example of Peter. Jesus was wanting to wash Peter's feet. And Peter said, hey, don't just wash my feet, wash all of me. But Jesus told him, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I'm going to put it in terms that you can relate to and understand. 
Jesus basically told him, I don't need to wash all of you. In other words, Peter, you're already saved. All I need to do is wash your feet. Why? Because when they... Feet, foot washing back then was a custom. When you walked into someone's home, it was it was like ringing the doorbell here and wipe your feet on that little mat like we do today. But see, it was different then because they had sandals and their feet were often dusty. So it was it was a uh, it was hospitality to wash someone's feet when they walked in or have a uh, you know have a servant wash someone's feet. So it was a custom then, but it was also he related it to who to you walking in this sinful world. When you walk around in this sinful world on a daily basis, guess what's going to happen? Maybe not every day, but you're going to fi- fail, fall short. You're going to fail God. You're going, your feet are going to get dirty. And, he, and God doesn't need you to get saved all over again. He just simply needs to wash your feet. It's called daily repentance. The only thing you can lose, not your salvation, the only thing you can lose is your fellowship with God. Trust me, if you've got perfect fellowship with God, I don't encourage this, but if you've got perfect fellowship with God, go ahead and sin. Find out what happens. <laughs> go ahead and close your Bible. If you just, you know, go ahead and not read. Don't pray. Well, let me, I said I'd give you scripture always. John 9.31 says, Now we know God heareth not sinners. That's lost people, and that's saved people. He's talking to both. Well, Brother Stacy, I'm, I'm saved. I'm not a sinner. <laughs> Every one of us falls short. The Bible teaches us that we're all as filthy rags. There's no none good, no not one. We all fall short each and every day. You know, and it's not necessarily that uh, my pastor says this a lot. Pastor Eddie Jones, love you. He says this a lot. He says, you know, it's not just that that you're out there and, you know, you're I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't cuss, I don't talk bad about people. But for him to knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That means if God tells you to do something, if God tells you to help an old lady across the street, if God tells you to give a track to a, a stranger at the gas pump, if God tells you to give someone a dollar at Walmart because they're short in line in front of you, for us not to do it is disobedience and that is sin. So God is talking here to sinners that are lost and saved people who have lost broken fellowship with God. John 9.31, it says, Now we know God heareth not sinners. Now check out the best part here. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. So not only do we got to be sin free, but we got to be a worshiper of God. We got to be in we we got to be in in line with him, worshiping him and says doing his will. Then he hears us. God is not listening to the lost until they call out for salvation. And God is not listening to his children until they call out in repentance. In order to hear from God, we must address these first. Failing to listen and obey God is sin. Again, I say, we may be saved. However, if we are keeping God in our pocket, and if He is 
in our pocket. Sure, the Bible teaches us He will never leave us or forsake us. He's in our pocket. We got Him with us. However, He can't be heard. He'll be muffled. You're keeping Him with you. But He's not out where He needs to be. He's not out where He can also be seen. If He's hidden in our pocket, He can't be seen or heard. we got to pull Him out. Now, if we listen and obey, God will be seen in us by others just as if we had Him actually sticking out of our pocket. People will know you. Do you get this when you go somewhere? Do you see... When you go up to somebody maybe you went to school with and you see them ducking and hiding because they know you're a Christian. <laughs> and they know that, oh, here comes that fanatic again. He's going to try to get me to come to his church or, or try to witness to me and save me. Well, that's the way it should be. People should know that Jesus is sticking out of you. People should know when you're coming that, oh, boy, here comes that Christian. Because <laughs> we should have Jesus sticking out. We should have him to where he's seen in our lives and also being heard. The Holy Spirit of God will speak through you to people. I will always give truth. John 8, 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you want to be free? Pull the Holy Spirit out and let Him speak and be seen. Do you want to be free? I give you truth and this truth shall make you free. Psalms 32, 9 says, Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which hath not understanding. Let's be blunt. They're dumb animals. We don't need to be like dumb animals. But be ye not as the horse or the mule, which hath not understanding, whose mouth must be held with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. We should not be like an animal that has to be led, pulled in the right direction by force. Let God out. Let God out and listen. And let the Holy Spirit of God lead you. But what's next? If you're willing to do these things, what's next? Let's look. What's next if you're willing? Let's look at forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 This is forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. What do we need to do? If we're lost, of course, first thing we need to do is call out to Jesus, get saved. And if we are saved, if we want God to listen to us, and we want to listen to Him, we've got to have that perfect harmony. We've got to have that restored relationship. And you know, we can't get God to hear us if we're harboring unforgiveness to one of our brothers and sisters because they've harmed us. It just simply won't work out. Jesus said, This is Jesus speaking here in Colossians 3.13. It says, Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. 
I'm sorry, it's not Jesus. It's not written in red there. My, my bad. That's just Jesus speaking. I mean, Jesus in the text here saying it. As Christ forgave you, so also do you. What else can we look at? 1 Timothy 2.5 says that for there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, I like the way that's worded, Christ Jesus. God's our mediator. I mean, Jesus is our mediator. He's our go-between. We can't get to God without going through Jesus. Jesus Christ is the door. We have to go through Him. He's our mediator. I love that. That's a great thing. One thing that's good that we understand we need to forgive. We understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's our mediator. We also need to understand one thing too, that anything that you read in the Bible, and you say, well, that was then, we live in today. Let me tell you something. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. The Bible teaches us that I am the Lord, I change not. What was good for people in the Old Testament, what was good for people in the New Testament, is still the same God, the same same way today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. He was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I like to say Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael because that's their Hebrew names. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He shut the lion's mouth. But he was in the fire with them. And He's still in the fire today. Jesus never changes. When we call out to God in forgiveness for sin or salvation, and we want to listen and obey, now what can we expect now? Let's look at just a few things in the Bible. What can we expect now? Well, one thing that's great about having God in your life is 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, casting all. Notice that. If you have a Bible, circle that all. Highlight this scripture. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. I posted something earlier that I thought was just simply amazing that the creator of, of everything, the creator of the universe, the creator, the creator of all things in existence, actually wants to hear from me. Now let that sink in. Isn't that awesome? But here we see that He's casting all your care upon Him for He cares for us. He cares. He cares what we're going about what we're going through. He cares about our problems. He cares that we're hurting and suffering. He cares so much. And we're not talking to someone that that can't identify with us. Jesus walked this earth as a man. He was a a God-man. He suffered and died. He was tempted in all points, in all ways. The only difference between me and Him is He was tempted and He didn't sin, but... I was tempted and I have sinned. But Jesus went to that cross for me. And that's the way we need to look at it tonight. We need to look at it. It's personal. 
He went to that cross for me. And now what a great thing to know that now that I'm saved and I've got perfect fellowship with Christ, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying to Him, I'm walking in His will, and I'm listening, and I'm sharing Him. That's part of that worship, and that's part of that worship that I was talking about. That we must be a worshiper of God and do with His will. Then He'll hear us. When He hears us, we can cast our care upon Him. And He will hear. And i got some good scripture coming up here about getting God to hear you. Do you know that's the key to getting answered prayers? All you got to do is have God hear you. All you got to do is have God hear you and just simply pray according to His will. Those prayers will get answered. When you pray amiss, God's not listening. You can't pray for, uh, Dear God, just make me rich so I can make everybody else look at me and, and say they wish they would have, you know, maybe that high school girl I dated in high school that you, you know, maybe she, I wish, well, she wish she could have kept me now, huh, I bet, you know. <laughs> Uh, we can't pray amiss. You know, we, when we find out, when we walk with God, when we get in His will, when we're listening and obeying to Him, we'll find out, you'll find out, that it's not about you anymore. Less and less, it becomes more about others. You'll start seeing the needs of others. You'll start praying for more people, other people, than rather than praying for yourself. I will spill the beans here a little bit. I do pray for myself, but usually when I pray for myself, I pray for godly wisdom. I pray for guidance and direction. 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. That is comforting tonight to know. What else can we look at? 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We can find comfort in that tonight, knowing that His grace is sufficient. We can find comfort to know that when I'm weak, His strength can rest upon me. And I can glory in my infirmities. I tell you, I wouldn't be here today. I couldn't teach my Sunday school class. I couldn't be the witness I am, the light I am. There's nothing that I could do in my own strength, and there's nothing I could do without the power of Christ resting upon me. Praise God and thank God I'm weak. This is comforting tonight to know that His grace is sufficient. This is one of my favorite verses, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. I said earlier, for we know God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Okay, he's heard us. That's good. That's half the battle there, is getting God to hear us. I love it when God speaks to me, and I open up a book in Psalms, and the very first scripture that you read, it says, I have heard thee. Oh boy, that sends chills up and down my spine, knowing that this God, the creator of everything, is listening to me. This first John 5, 14 and 15, this is going to be some confidence here. because And it says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, has to be according to His will, He hears us. He heareth us. 
And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Maybe you're not getting your prayers answered because you're not, He's not listening because you got sin in your life. Maybe you're not worshiping Him tonight. Maybe you have Jesus stuck in your pocket and you need to pull Him out. Now when I say Jesus, I know that, let me just clarify something. There's, there's the Holy Trinity. God the Father is up in heaven. God the Son who came to earth and became a man, died on the cross for our sins, and He ascended back into heaven. And He's at the right hand of power right now, at the right hand of the Father, making intercessory prayers for us constantly. So Jesus really is not with me each and every day, but His Holy Spirit is. I use the promo with Jesus sticking out of my pocket because you can't see the Holy Spirit. There's no figure to use for Him, and then I guess that was the best figure to use. But, but the Holy Spirit resides within me. And that's who I need to pull out and let others see. So it's always going to be that spirit. But this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions we desire of Him. So now we know, for we know God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth His will, him he heareth. So we got got half the battle there because He's hearing us. Because we're worshiping Him. We don't have sin in our life. We're listening. We're obeying. We're doing whatever we have to do. Now we can simply have confidence knowing that when we pray... Let me tell you something. You pray for godly wisdom, automatic. God's going to answer that prayer. You pray for guidance and direction in your life, God's going to answer that prayer. There are certain prayers that are going to automatically be answered because you're praying the right things. And if we can have confidence when we ask things according to His will because He hears us, it goes on to say, and we know He hears us whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions we desire of Him. Isn't that great to know? Isn't that awesome to know tonight that Jesus will hear us and He'll answer our prayers? Let me tell you something that's tricky about that too is is God doesn't always answer our prayers when we want them answered. We are a quick generation of people that uh, we we pull up our iPhones and we boy we're quick to see stuff, a post, and it's instant. Everything is instant now. Seems like ever since the microwave come on the scene, everything's instant now. Instant grits. <laughs> we can't wait no longer. I got to have them grits now. Instant this, instant that. I mean, the key is is you know. God may hear us. God may answer our prayer. But it's always going to be in God's timing. And oftentimes we think that God is is this great God, and He is. But that He's just going to snap His fingers and, and, and put things in places and do everything. Dear God, why haven't you done this yet? Well, let me tell you something. God gave man free will. And you know, that's the one problem that God has with with His people. When God gives someone free will, we can choose to obey Him, and we can choose to ignore Him. God can press upon your heart to do things. You can choose to do it, 
And when God has to deal with free will, oftentimes He has to put people and things in order. So sometimes the prayers, it's not that it's not being answered. It's that God's getting everything ready to be answered. God's putting people in place. God's dealing with people's hearts. And we know when we talk about God dealing with people's hearts, we know what He did with Moses and Pharaoh. So don't lose hope and don't lose faith. Because God dealt with Pharaoh. He hardened his heart. He softened his heart. He hardened his heart, softened his heart. And he'll do the same. Whatever it takes to work that miracle in your life, God will do the same. Another thing that may hinder us from really not getting the answer right away is because oftentimes, and I've learned this in my life, we're not ready for the answer. There's been times in my life if God, I prayed to God and asked Him what He'd want me to do, if He'd have told me, I probably would have quit going to church. <laughs> probably would have stopped then and said, oh, no, no way. Could you imagine going down to the altar and getting saved and, and as soon as you stand up, God speaks to you and the preacher comes over and says, you know what, God just spoke to me too. We want you to go to China. <laughs> you'd, say, you'd, be, you'd probably leave that church as fast as you could. You weren't ready for the news. You're not ready for what he's got prepared. So oftentimes it's, it's, it's us that he's preparing. It's us that he's getting prepared. It's getting our hearts prepared to accept sometimes the truth. The good thing is, and I'll read some more scripture here. The, the good thing is that Romans 8.31, I love this. One other one of my favorites is, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I love that because you know what? God's on my side. And I tell you tonight, whatever you've got going on, whatever your troubles are, if you've got heartaches, if you're going through a trial, if you're sick, if you're in financial trouble, if you're at some of the things that the children of Israel that I was talking about earlier... They were hungry and thirsty, affliction and darkness and rebellion and transgression, iniquity, storms. Their souls were melting because of trouble. They reeled to and fro. They staggered like a drunken man. And it says that they were at their wits end. If that's you tonight, can I tell you that God's on your side and that you can get the victory? The great old-fashioned hymn, 120 in our songbook says, Victory in Jesus. <laughs> Victory in Jesus. If God be for us, who could be against us? Let me answer that for you. No one. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing can be against us. No force. No human. If God's for us, nothing can be against us. Hmm. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a blessing because we know right now that when we do get saved, that we simply have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I said this one earlier and I wanted to share it with you tonight too. Romans 3.23 simply says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all failed God. 
I tell you, ask for forgiveness, pick yourself up, and get moving in the right direction. Dust yourself off. Don't wallow in it. Don't let Satan put pity on you and thinking that you can't be used for the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul is a perfect example of that. He was out persecuting and killing Christians. But God turned him around and changed his life and ended up being the great Apostle Paul. So don't let Satan think that, oh, you don't know my past. Let me tell you something about, I could tell you my past tonight and you probably wouldn't listen to my podcast anymore. (laughs) I could tell you some things about me and you, you would probably be shocked. But you know, that was my past and I've been forgiven. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let me tell you another good thing. John 14, 14 says, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I guess I probably should have put that before I put the uh, other two scriptures of uh, prayer. Because we know it's got to be according to his will, first of all, and we know that he's got to hear us. But second of all, because we know we got to be a worshiper of Him. But that is confidence again that Jesus... Now, this is written in red. It says, If you shall ask anything in my name. Now, that in Jesus' name is not just some kind of tag that we can put on there and get whatever we want. Even though, well, Brother Stacy, you just said we could. No. It's got to be according to His will. But it is comforting to know that it could be anything. That anything could be His will. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Can I tell you, oh, I, I can't pray. We've got to close our eyes and get on our knees. and I can't pray without ceasing. Let me tell you what praying without ceasing is. Yeah, some of my best prayers are riding down the road in my truck, with my eyes open, of course. Some of the best prayers I've had is in my study where I'm just sitting in my chair and I'm looking around the room, just talking to God. Like he's sitting here with me. Why? Because he's not in my pocket. (laughs) Praying without ceasing means every opportunity you get. Send up something to God. You'll find that you'll do a better job at work. You'll You'll be more productive. You'll be happy. You won't get so ticked off when he says you got to work a little overtime or you won't get uh, mad at a co-worker as easy because they're not pulling their weight. When you talk to God, if you pray without ceasing, it does something to you. You get up in the morning and pray. Start your day with God. Pray on my way to work. When I get to work, I talk to my other co-workers. I get my guys out. I do the things I need to do and, and try to be productive. But you know what? Every second, every thought, every time, every chance that I get simply say, hey dear God thank you. Just send up that prayer. Just pray without ceasing. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? How are you going to walk to God? How are you going to walk with God? Do you want to walk with God? I'd say that first. Do you want to walk with God? Can you want to walk together? Can God walk in one direction and you walk in the other and y'all be walking together? No. Or you need to be agreed. And so what is that agreed then? You know, I need to agree that sin is wrong. I need to agree that God, it's your way. Uh, He's that master. I'm the servant. And that needs to be agreed. It's his way, not mine. I'm sowing to the spirit, not in the flesh. 
This is a question in Amos 3.3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? The answer is no, they can't walk together. Now, that's another one of my favorite scriptures, and I'll say that tonight. Is, is you know, while I'm talking about truth, I like this verse. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. God's word is truth. And second, and all scripture is given by inspiration of God. I'm saying that because if we're keeping the Holy Spirit of God in our pocket, we're not pulling him out. We're not being obedient. We're not, uh, pr- you know, all we do is pray and we never listen. And, and, and yes, there is a small, still voice that could speak to you inside your heart. And you can hear from God. It's happened to me many, many times. I love it when God speaks to me that way. I've actually, I mean, it's wonderful to hear God go, Stacy, that soft, still, small voice. He calls me by name. Oh, that's a great thing. It's wonderful. But 90% of the time, God is going to speak to you through Scripture. So let's look at how we can live in Christ then. Well, Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ. That means that His teachings, the way He walked, He was the perfect example of the way we should live. But Philippians 1.21 always goes on to say, And to die is gain. A lot of people may find that strange, but it's going to be a blessing when I die. I'm being translated. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus. No more sorrow. No more sickness. No more separation. But while I'm here on this earth, I'm to live. For me to live is Christ. That means I am to keep Him out of my pocket. I am to keep Him where He can be seen and where He can be heard. This could have easily been my scripture text tonight. Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I'm walking in the Spirit, it's an awesome thing. You can tell, my wife can tell you when I'm walking in the Spirit, when I'm walking in the flesh. She knows. There's a difference when bad things happen. It could be something as simple as dropping a coffee mug and breaking it. And coffee goes everywhere. When you're walking in the Spirit, you might laugh about it. When you're walking in the flesh, you might get angry. I was down in Macon one time, sweating on a hot summer day, loading bags of sheetrock dust bags filled with it looks like it was bags filled with just white powder like I said I was sweating all over the place and I picked up a bag and it split in two when I went to throw it on the back of the truck and it poofed and went all over me and I just started laughing because it stuck to me because of the sweat and I looked like Casper the friendly ghost you know I could have got mad I could have thrown it I could have kicked something, you know. That would have been the flesh. But walking in the Spirit, I just simply laughed. Because why? I was praying without ceasing. Because at the time that I was throwing the back up there, I was right in the the middle of prayer. See how all this is tying in? 
Let me tell you something else that God has not given us tonight. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. If you're fearful tonight, that's Satan. That's your flesh. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. God's given me a spirit of power. I can do this. It's not my power. It's not my strength. It's His. Because it's His. It's, he's given it to me. It's of love. Like I said, you won't get so mad. You won't get mad at that co-worker. You won't, you won't get mad at your boss. And of sound mind. You're going to th- think right. Not going to be any confusion. We know that Satan, the devil, he is the author of confusion. Now, I know I've told you, I've given you a lot of scripture tonight. But let me tell you, I'm going to end up with two of my favorite. All of these are our favorite scriptures, but these are two of my favorite because I love this. This is Ephesians 3.20. I have uh, like cards, you know, that I write scripture down on and I'll leave them laying places sometimes in the house just to remind me when I'm going through something. And this happens, this particular card happens to be on my kitchen table right now because I'm going through something. But it says, Now unto him that is able. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. We could stop there. Isn't that great? Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. What power is that? That's that spirit. You know that when you keep Jesus in your pocket, so to speak, when, that, when you hide that, when you don't have it sticking out, when you're not listening and obeying, you're not exercising faith, you're not exercising that power. And you can expect that God will do magnificent things for you. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. That means, you know what? I could pray and I say, God, I'll just, dear God, I need a piece of bread. I just, dear Lord, if you would just give me a piece of bread. And boy, when I work that faith and know that he's going to provide that piece of bread, sometimes he brings you a whole loaf. That should be comforting tonight to know that God will bend over backwards. He will move heaven and earth. He will do whatever it takes. But it's according to that power that worketh in us. You know what? We, he, he's simply not going to do it if we're wavering. We can't be. I think He will. I think He's going to do this. I think He's got this. No, we have to be strong and we have to have complete faith. I know God is able. I know God is hearing my prayers. And I know that God is going to perform this for me. Which definitely leads me to my next scripture. Another, Like I said, two of my favorites here at the end. The Lord will, Psalms 138.8, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. What concerns you tonight? What concerns do you have? Now, I know in, in my Bible it, that perfect also means complete, but I like perfect because, hey, it's perfection, right? But you could say it, the Lord will complete that which concerneth me. What does that mean? God's going to answer your prayers. God's going to do what He said He was going to do for you. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Call out to Jesus tonight. He will perfect. 
What concerns you? Psalms 37, 4 and 5. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee desires of thine heart. You know, when you keep Jesus, when you pull Him out of your pocket, when you got Him where He can be seen and heard, you're walking in truth, you're walking in obedience, you're, you're uh, not sinning, you're listening to Him. He's guiding, directing you. You're witnessing to people. Boy, you just bubbled over. I mean, it's like you got a case of the can't help us. I can't. Just, I just can't help but tell others about Jesus. I just can't help to share the gospel with others. I just can't help but tell others how good God has been to me. What is that? That's delighting yourself in the Lord. Now, if you will delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, there's there's nothing here that that comes with a catch. What is your desires? But let me just tell you the one catch that I would say. When you're walking in the Spirit and you're walking with my title text here, when you're sowing, for he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. When you're praying in the flesh, your desire...